Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, this is Kelly Sparta, the Spirit Doctor, and you are listening to Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. And you, yes, it's me talking again and not Jewel because, you know, we're doing three episodes today and Jewel actually has a day job and can't be on all the calls. So it's me and my lovely guest today. Today, I am uh, joined yet again by Katherine Kerrigan. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that she's done several episodes with us because she's freaking awesome. Uh, Catherine's a medical intuitive healer. She's the author of 10 books, including Unlimited Energy Now. She's the host of the Natural Healing Show for UK Health Radio. And you can find her at katherinekerrigan.com and unlimitedenergynow.com. If you haven't heard her episodes before, they are amazing. Go back and find them too. And right now, welcome, Catherine. So glad to have you back. Hey, Kelly, you're one of my favorite people in the energy healing world. And Yay. So hopefully we're going to help a lot of people today. That's the goal. Yeah, I'm excited because today we are talking about energy healers and what the energetic problems are that they have. And they, uh, this is such a timely episode because so many people, I mean, we're in year, we're, we're just finishing up year four of this podcast. And you know, we've, we've got started from the very beginning with absolute beginner topics. And, and as we've gone, the audience has grown with us. And now we're at the point where we're talking to people about becoming light workers and energy healers is part of that. So, uh, you know, when you proposed this, I was like, Oh my God, yes, we need to do this. 
So let's let's talk about that. Give give me an idea of first off, how did you come up with these? How do you know that these are the things that energy healers run into? Let's start with that. Okay. Well, I'm 63 years old. I've done natural healing since I was 34. And um, I've done energy healing for a very long time. Everything that I do requires a lot of energy. I'm going to be talking about the common seven common mistakes of energy healers. And I know these because I've made all these mistakes <laughs> myself, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because what happens is, you know, most uh, big picture energy healing, this field, spiritual healing, spirit sherpa, this field tends to attract very caring, highly sensitive people who really want to give from their souls to accomplish good in the world. And so you start out, you read the books, you study with Kelly Sparta, you know, okay, I'm going to learn all this stuff. And you learn the techniques, but nobody teaches you how to hand, manage you. Okay, and how to manage your own energy. And if you don't learn this stuff, you're going to end up being totally zapped and thinking, I can't even do this work. Right. So it's not about how much, you know, or how many certifications you have or how smart you are and la, 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 la. It's, you know, can you manage your energy well enough so that you can do this as a sustainable business? And I've had my own business since I was 34. I'm now 63. So, so I'm going to go right into it. So here are the, I'm going to give you that outline first and then we'll go into it in details. So here are the seven common traps that energy healers particularly can fall into that really zap your energy. Number one, failing to protect your energy. And, and again, I'm going to give you the overview and then we'll dial into the details. Number two, taking on your client's karma. Number three, using your psychic gifts more for others and not enough for yourself. Number four, using your personal energy for healing work rather than channeling divine energy. Number five, getting triggered by your client's story or stories. And number six, trying to fix others rather than holding space for energy for healing to occur. And finally, number seven, taking on the pain and suffering of the world. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, those are, those are so valid. Every single one of them I've seen in, in clients, in myself in other in friends who are doing this work. I absolutely agree with you that those are all valid. And, and, you know, it's, yeah. If you guys are an energy healer, listen up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about fail. Number one, failing to protect your energy. And I could literally write an entire book about, what helps protect your energy? And, you know, I'll, I'll just talk about a really simple thing that I do. I do not put my hands on anybody. And I'm a medical intuitive healer, so I work with people all over the world. I don't have to see you or put my hands on you to know what's wrong or what will work to make you better. So I do a lot of distant healing. Like today I'm going to work with somebody in Africa, okay? And we're going to work on Zoom. <laughs> so my hands are not on her. But if I'm doing hands-on healing, I wear purple around my wrist. So all of you massage therapists, Reiki healers, energy healers, if you wear the color purple around your wrist, that cuts off energy so that you don't take anything on. And this is the next thing I'm going to say. If you don't remember anything I say today, except for this, remember this. 
when you are doing hands-on healing, you have to have two points of contact with the client at all times. Otherwise, what happens, it's a law of physics that energy always flows from highest to lowest potential. So if I have one hand on the person and I don't have, I'm not forming a circuit, then I can get drained and it'll happen so fast. You don't even know what happened. You'll, you know, it'll happen so fast. The client will leave and you'll be like, oh my God, I need to just go sleep for three hours. So again, they're, you know, protecting your energy is a whole process. So I have a question. I can hear questions from my massage therapists in the audience uh, who are have been trained that you never break contact with the client, even if you have to go and get some cream or you have to do something else that you keep a hand on them so that they always know where you are. What do you tell them when they have been trained to do this and now you're saying that it drains them? Okay. Well, you can have like a hand and a knee, right? It's two points of contact, right? It doesn't have to be two hands, right? And again, we could have a whole show, Kelly, as you know, protecting your energy. Yeah, I, I, I do a whole lot of work on protecting energy too in my program. So I feel you. It is one of the biggest places where where empaths in particular and empaths become healers, right? Uh, where empaths have a hard time. Yeah. Now, the second thing is taking on your client's karma. Now, if you're listening to this, you'd be like, Look, I am too smart. I am so smart. I'm never going to do that. I'm too smart to take on other people's spiritual issues. This can happen on an unconscious level. So let's talk about how this can happen. So let me talk about the positive. My mentor in healing, she talks about when somebody leaves your office, you want to drop the file. So sometimes people will reach out to me and they'll go, oh, I had a session with you a year ago and I won't even remember their name. That's actually a good thing. So if I'm sitting there ruminating, what about this? What about that? And I'm, you know, like, how did they end up that way? Uh, And I'm, I'm literally processing their stuff. Okay. It's like, and it's subconscious. You don't even, you know, like, wow, why did that person take on this issue? Why did he end up being such a mess? Unlike me, because I've got it all figured out, right? And so you want to have very, very clear boundaries. And um, so, and again, we can talk a lot about boundaries, but part of boundaries is when you're not working, you should not be thinking about your clients. And it doesn't mean that you don't care, but you have to have an energetic separation. Well, especially for empaths, because empaths, when you think about somebody, you actually touch into their energy field. That's what we do intuitively. And so if you're in their energy field, one, you're violating their energy because they didn't invite you into in this moment. And two, you are working and you're not getting paid for it. So, uh, and you know, you're, you're dragging yourself into their energy, which you really don't need to be doing. So yeah, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. Um, number three, using your psychic gifts more for others and not enough for yourself. So what will happen is when when somebody realizes, oh, my God, Kelly's actually intuitive and she's correct, then, you know, people will call you up and I'll never forget. This is a funny story. One day I'm like driving down the interstate. I'm driving to my Tai Chi class. Somebody calls me up. I answer the phone. You know how you do. You're in the car. Mm-hmm. I'm not making this up. I answer the phone. And the guy says, my wife left. Is she coming back? 
<laughs> you know, and then I, I mean, it's all so sudden, right? And I'm like, no, she's done, you know, and then he's like angry at me, right? And so what'll happen is, you know, and then I, I've, I, another time, you know, we all have our phone by the bed and the phone rang in the middle of the night. I thought, oh my God, it must be an emergency. It was somebody in Saudi Arabia, you know, and they immediately, it's not even like, hello, Catherine, is this a good time? <laughs> May I make an appointment? It's like they go right into their questions. And so you've got to have those good boundaries. But we're talking about using your psychic gifts more for others and not for yourself. So if you treat yourself like a psych- psychic dispenser, Pez dispenser, and let everybody just pound on you for all this information and you're not using your gifts for yourself, you're going to get so drained. And there's no amount of vitamins or Reiki or vacations that'll rejuvenate you. Your soul, soul gifts are for you. And so you want to be using your gifts more for yourself, actually, than others. And people ask me all the time, because one of my books is Unlimited Intuition Now. How do I open my intuition? Well, here it is. Use your gifts more for yourself than in others. And intuition, in tune, you have to be in tune with yourself. So, you know, those of us who are clairvoyant, ask yourself, what do, you know, what do I know about myself? The clairsentient people, what do, how do I feel? So you want to use your gifts for yourself. And by using your gifts for yourself and for your own life, um, you're going to get better at being intuitive. One of my favorite is what I call psychic shopping. <laughs> Ask me, I always know the right time. I remember like one day it's like, okay, you got to go to the store right now. And these chairs that I wanted for my dining room are 50% off. <laughs> so use your gifts for yourself. Um, number four, using your personal energy for healing work rather than ch- channeling divine energy. So how do we channel divine energy? You can get attuned to Reiki, really simple thing to do. Um, You can work with a healing team, calling in your guides and your angels. When I do energy healing, I, you know, we do all this, these rituals like we do, we say our prayers and so on. And one of the things that I do is I literally visualize my guides and my angels, my healing team and I visualize them working on the client while I'm working on the client. And it's fascinating because I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. And then I'm just literally watching them while they're doing their work. All right. And again, no matter how smart I think I am or how much, you know, how healthy I think I am, there's a limit to me. There's a limit to what I know. There's a limit to my energy, but there is no limit to divine energy. And you want to channel divine energy rather than using you up, right? Yes. And and I would add to that just a little bit, which is um, one of the things that I harp on all the time with my students is energetic hygiene, right? Which is don't leave your client's crap on the floor of your, your room right? Just don't do it. If you're doing an in-person session, you need to have a cleanup crew. You know, you need to have some fashion in which you clean up. I had a 
a student of mine years ago who was terrible at cleaning up after herself. And I said, okay, when you call in your guides, you are also to call in the psychic cleanup crew. And it was these tiny little angels with mops and buckets who were like frenetic and were just like running around behind her cleaning everything up. Because I was like, if you can't remember to do it at the end, you've got to call it in at the beginning. That's fine. You just got to account for it, right? And you bring up a great point, Kelly, because I can remember years ago studying with my mentor in healing, and she started out by saying, what do you do to clear the energy in your space, right? Because people may come in, they may be crying, they may be depressed, they may be angry, they're having all these feelings. And if you don't clean that up, then that energy gets left in your space, it was interesting because I raised my hand and I was like, I use essential oils. And, and well, first of all, different people are sensitive to different oils, right? And you may think, but no, no, I use the best organic, la, 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 la. Well, it, that may be, but that client, the next person may be actually literally allergic to that. Yeah. I'm allergic to lilacs and people are constantly like, what are you talking about? You're allergic to lilac. I've never heard of it. I'm like, I have weird allergies. I just do. So you you have to use energy to clean energy. All right. And I'll, you know, since we're talking about that, I use a simple prayer. I'll say it for our audience. And when you want to clear energy, you move your hand counterclockwise. So I'll point to the corners of the room. You, you counterclockwise clears energy, clockwise infuses energy. So I'll say, Heavenly Father, I call on the forces of nature to converge, to balance all detrimental energies, increase all beneficial energies in this healing space for the benefit of all living beings. And I ask this be done in the name of Jesus Christ, may the will be done. Amen. Okay, you can listen to that several times. <laughs> But you want to balance the detrimental energies. You don't want to use the, you know, the terms yin and yang because that's not bad, right? You want to balance the detrimental energies, increase the beneficial energies. So the fifth way you can get drained is getting triggered by your client's stories. Now, I'm, again, we're healers. So all business is about solving problems. So people who don't have problems do not go to healers, right? And so... You know, I, I can remember years ago working with a young man who'd been raped. And he said that I was only the second person he'd ever told the story. And so, it, it, and because he was technically an adult, I didn't have to call the police. But I remember it's like he hadn't told his parents and he hadn't told the school. He hadn't, and he needed help. And and he said to me, I know you know you've helped me, but you have no idea how much you helped me. But sometimes when people are telling you their traumatic stories, it's really easy to get triggered. And so if you're listening and you feel grief, anger, disgust, outrage, all those things, you're not in neutral. Okay. And again, you're human, right? It's like, it's hard to hear this, right? But you want to remain in neutral. You want to create that safe space of unconditional love. And if you realize, gosh, I got really triggered. I remember just going, oh, you know, that one really bothered me for a lot of reasons. So you have to really clear your energy and not take it on, not process it. We have to really honor the fact, the truth that all living beings have their own path, Right. And even if you don't understand, why did this soul choose this experience, right? 
So you want to stay as neutral as possible. Neutral doesn't mean you don't care. Neutral is unconditional acceptance, unconditional love, safety. A a client has to feel safe in order to release. Yeah, and that's absolutely true. If you are taking on the client's issue, if you get angry for them, then they no longer feel safe. You are meant to be the solid container that holds the space around them. You are not meant to be part of the space. And the moment you get upset, you become part of the space. And now you're taking up their healing space and that is not fair to them, nor is it does it feel safe to them. This is why we work so hard to clear our issues so that we can be something other than the wounded healer, right? And and so we're that's that's the reason why I'm like I'm not teaching you magic until you do your personal work, right? <laughs> because exactly that reason. Yeah. And you and the truth is you can only take an individual as far as you've gone yourself. So for example, I've done a lot of work around having a healthy relationship with food right? So I can work with people with all kinds of eating disorders and not get triggered. But if you're working with somebody and you are getting triggered, well, make a note. It's like, wow, that is pulling up my whatever. And then you go clear your own issues so that, you know, you're not dragging that and processing while the client is processing. Right. And it doesn't even have to be the same issue that you're dealing with. I mean, you could have somebody walk in and say that they were raped and you've never had the experience of being raped, but you've had the experience of being victimized and you get triggered in your victim and, and that becomes your trigger. So it's, it's not even necessarily the exact same scenario. It's just something that makes you feel the energy of what they were feeling. Now, the sixth way you can get drained as an energy healer is trying to fix others. And which means that you're projecting this person is broken. No one's broken. Yeah, right? and that's that's true even if you're saying, I see the person that you have the potential to become. That's saying you're not it now, therefore you're broken. Here's the a, here's a truth. In the universe, there's no such thing as a vacuum. Everyone always has everything they need in any moment, even if it's a phone number, even if it's a prayer, even if it's a hope, trying to fix others rather than holding space for healing to occur. So first of all, if I think I got to fix Kelly, well, I got to like work really hard and I'm going to get so drained. This is also known as codependence. Yeah. Well, and the reason you get drained too is because if I feel like you need to fix me, I'm going to defend against that because you're like trying to manipulate me. Fixing is manipulating and I don't want to be manipulated, right? So it's it works against the healing process too. And and so this is really subtle, but what you want to do as an energy healer is to see each individual as whole. By whole, that means like complete, not broken, right? complete and not broken, perfect in your humanity, right? And a great affirmation for this is, I did not create this. I cannot control it. I cannot cure it. And so it's super arrogant if I think, oh, I'm Catherine Kerrigan, super healer. I'm going to go around and fix everybody. That's just so wrong. It is so, so wrong. And so stepping path, we have to honor each person's spiritual path 
no matter what a train wreck, <laughs> their mess appears to be in our ego judgmental minds, right? And the truth is, is that each person's healing path will look unique to them. And so sometimes what happens is people start out like I'm baby healer. I know how to do the one technique. And so I have a hammer. You must be a nail. And um, <clears throat> I'll give an example of this. Um, recently, a woman came to me and I had been working with her. She was a remote client, but she came to Atlanta to meet in person and she'd been having back pain. So I've taught yoga for 27 years. So I'm like, I know how to heal that back pain. It's easy for me. I thought, oh, well, while you're here in person, let me teach you these simple, easy yoga stretches that'll make you feel better. And all you got to do is spend a couple of minutes every day doing them. And she had, she didn't want anything of it. She wasn't having it. She wanted to know the why. Why did I have this pain? And so she didn't want to hear about what I felt was the solution. She wanted to know the why. So as healers, what we have to do is slow down, be fully present with each individual and allow them to ask for the help in the way they actually want to receive it. So this lady was like, there's no freaking way I'm going to do yoga. Are you kidding me? I mean, I could read her mind. She didn't actually say that quote unquote, but she gave me a look like, no, <laughs> you know, so, so by holding space without judging what each person wants their process to look like, we create a space of unconditional love in which even greater miracles can occur. So don't just assume because you have a hammer, everybody else is a nail. And part of what I love about my work is it's full of surprises because I'm asking at the soul level, what does this person need in order to release? How do they need to release it? And it's different for every person. Sometimes you go in and you think, oh my God, this is so complicated. It'll take forever. And yet there's this one simple little thing that's just going to shift the energy. So, and then the seventh way that energy healers can get drained is by taking on the pain and suffering of the world. So Kelly, you talked about empaths and, you know, I, I say, if you're a highly sensitive person, you've got to learn how to manage it. Otherwise you are going to get what I call psychic whack. <laughs> and you ever, there's so much in, in terms of empaths, you know, if you're shoving your energy out to the edges of the room, you've only got the people in the room in your field. But if you're shoving your energy out to the edges of the world, now you have 7 billion people inside your energy field. And it's no wonder you have zero energy, zero impact, and zero ability to focus yourself because you're, you're spread too thin, right? And I see this all the time all the time with my students, with people I talk to, they're just like horrified at the at the suffering of the world. And it's like they borrow the suffering to abuse themselves with it. And, you know, I have a list of like, you know, um, causes, of, you know, spiritual causes of pain. And one of them is this pattern, this habit of taking on the pain and suffering of the world. It's like, oh my God, there's a war. You know, there's people who are starving. Yes. And... Yes. How do you deal with it? Well, the simplest way that I find to deal with it is to simply focus on being the light. I love this. So when I'm, when I stay in my light, when I focus on my light, 
All I have to do is be the light. And when I am, when I shine my light of my truth and I focus on the spiritual qualities that I want to share, compassion, wisdom, understanding, forgiveness, friendliness, gentleness. When I focus on these qualities and just shine them, then everybody else can guide themselves by my light. And I don't have to go in there and fix Kelly and fix everybody and, you know, get exhausted because the world is not perfect according to my ego judgmental mind. Yeah. Well, and there's this, there's this place when people do this where it's them saying, nobody saw my pain when I was a child. So I refuse to turn my back on anyone else's pain. And in actuality, what you're really doing is is turning your back on your own pain again, because what's being triggered in you is the pain that's unprocessed from your childhood, right? And when you process that pain, you can say, yes, this is unacceptable that this is happening to other people. And then you can do what you can do, which is there's a limit to what any one person can do with any given situation. But you do what you can do, and then you move on with your life. And you can't do more than that. And angsting and upsetting yourself and, you know, making yourself angry and sad and whatever is not going to help them. It doesn't improve their lot at all. And in fact, it adds angst and upset to the world. So do what you can do and move on. But if you're still dealing with it, you got to go look inside and see where your inner child was never witnessed, where your inner child was never held, where you were never told that your pain was valid. Yeah, great point. Kelly, and um, I want to say, you know, of course, being a medical intuitive healer, I lived my whole life prayerfully. And one day I was driving down the road and I got the guidance. You need to write an article about the difference between pain and suffering. So when I got to a place where I could write, I whipped off this article in about 30 minutes and somebody read that article every day of my life. And then I wrote a book about the difference between pain and suffering. Pain is a physical experience. Suffering is the emotional. And our pain body, your pain body, everybody's got a pain body. It's your unprocessed garbage, right? And so when you take on the pain and suffering in the world, you're just stuffing more garbage in your backpack, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things we know as energy healers, whatever you focus on expands. So if I say, my finger hurts, my finger hurts, my finger hurts, (laughs) i'm like whoa whoa (laughs) it's gonna just get bigger but when i focus on my light 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 casts out the darkness absolutely yeah i i had a friend of mine who was uh my friend mary sankis and i know she listens to this podcast so hi mary uh mary sankis used to say to me all the time she'd say pain is required suffering is optional and and i love it I love it because, you know, yes, you you stub your toe. Yes. You know, yes, somebody leaves you and you feel abandoned. Okay, that's pain. Suffering is focusing on it and letting it expand, right? That's, that's the suffering. It's optional. It do, it's not required. Yeah. So when you, when you literally, a good visualization is to see yourself as a lighthouse. What is a lighthouse? A lighthouse is grounded to the earth and just shines its light. And when you shine your light, then you lift everybody up. You give some others 
a light by which they can guide. And by doing that, you're not fixing, correcting, making other people wrong. And it's not exhausting. It's uplifting. It's exhilarating. It's peaceful. It's enlightened. It's calm. And when you do that, you're guided from within by your own light. Well, that seems like a good place to end the episode. So I think that that puts a little point on everything. So thank you, Catherine, for coming. Um, again, this is Catherine Kerrigan. You can find her at CatherineKerrigan.com or UnlimitedEnergyNow.com. You can find her 10 different books on Amazon. So search her there. Uh, and thank you so much for coming and back out to the podcast again. I always love having you on and, and it's such a joy. And you always have something new and interesting to say, which is what I love about you. So thank you. And that's all we have for this week. Uh, we'll see you next time when I will add another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. This has been Spirit Sherpa, and I am Kelly Sparta here with Catherine Kerrigan. And you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa, which is what I just said. So have a good one. Bye. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car, I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Wondering where my spirit will I'm driving Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing but you feel like you kind of probably should especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.